Hello, my name is Tom Nadzinski, and I'm a researcher in sexual health at Brighton Sussex Medical School. My guests today are Dr. Judith Herbertson from Naval Health Research Center in San Diego in collaboration with the U.S. military HIV research program. Today we'll be discussing sexual transmitted infections and sexual behavior of deploying shipboard U.S. military personnel. The most recent STI study in the Navy was conducted over 20 years ago and focused on sex workers during uh, port visits. Judith, hi. Good morning, Tom. Hi. Um, what do you know about sexual health of shipboard military personnel and why is it important to study it? So the sexually transmitted infections within the military account for about three-fourths of the reportable infection diseases that are considered to be of public health or um, impact the military in some important operational way. And they cause a substantial amount of morbidity, particularly in women who can go on to develop infertility and other reproductive-related morbidities as a result of infection. And they also increase an individual's risk for acquiring HIV. So the military is very concerned about STIs because they ultimately impact the service member's health, reduce their readiness, and they increase costs associated with identification and treatment. I try to find um, studies um, that will look at STI sexual health in military, and there's not enough data. Can you tell us what, what we know about it, what the other studies say? So there is very limited data, particularly within the shipboard population, so among U.S. Navy and Marine Corps that are deploying to sea, so not a land-based deployment. And like you said, the most recent published study on shipboard population across the deployment was done over 20 years ago. And in that time, many, many things have changed. So, for example, women were not were barred from deployment back in 1993 when that publication came out, and now women make up about 20% of the ship's company. Also, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy has been revoked. The Internet is a new vehicle for um, people to meet sexual partners. And social norms and attitudes have changed dramatically. So there is very limited data, and that was part of the importance in doing this study, is really to define the current sexual behavioral norms and the current sexual, um, sexually transmitted pre prevalence rate within the shipboard population. Mm. So um, what is unique about this study population, then? So the shipboard population is, is very unique in that it's, it's historically a very logistically challenging population to reach, particularly around the deployment cycle. So this study assessed sexual risk behavior and STI prevalence before, during, and after deployment. And during these time periods, the ship and leadership are extremely busy getting ready for the deployment, and so it, it makes it very difficult for researchers to collect data during this time period. Also, the shipboard population is a little bit unique in that there are health assessments that are conducted among land-based deploying service members, but the ship, shipboard population is exempt from these health assessments. So it makes it difficult to do comparisons of health data across all these service branches. Lovely. Um, Judith, I wonder if you can try to help our readers to describe or put some light on how is it how the life on a deployment looks like, um, so so we can maybe understand what the cycle is and and um, what sort of conditions this man or you know, and women can can live there. Sure, sure. So when these service members go on deployment, they're you know particularly in the pre-deployment time period, they're under 
additional stress because they're transitioning away from their primary social structure and their typical activities, and they're anticipating that when they're aboard the ship, um, their living conditions are, are very, very different. So they're living in close quarters. They have very limited personal space. They have minimal access to their primary social support network that they're used to back at home. There's no access to alcohol, and there's very long working hours while they're underway, um, in addition to all the, the other factors that go along when you're deploying at sea um, for the military. So, and and they, they can go on these deployments for, you know, six months. So it's, it's a very, um, very important time for transition for them. So would that population differ dramatically from the population of people who are not in military or, or maybe the, the kind of uh, on-ground military personnel? Um, how, how would that differ? So, if, so in terms of civilian populations, if we're comparing to civilian populations, they they are you know this group is is typically 20 to 24 years old they're young they're they're going through a lot of things that maybe your typical college population would go through so they're they are similar in many ways to young people of that age group that may be doing other things but not in the military in terms of other deploying populations the the key difference is you know there's there's a lot of commonalities among land based and shipboard deploying service members but you know, the key difference is they're aboard a ship for six months and the land-based deployments are on land. So there's, there's a lot of different, um, there's different living, living conditions, there's different kinds of stresses, there's different kinds of activities that they can and cannot engage in. So they are quite different in that way. So, so would it be fair to say that to a certain extent, their life is restricted uh, because they are kind of during the deployment cycle. Is that correct? Um, I think that, that their life is very different than, than how it would be um, back when they're at home. So, yeah, they are restricted in, in the way that they don't have their typical living conditions. They may be working longer hours and they don't have their social support network. Hmm. So what was the aim of your study then? To assess the sexual health of this specific heart rich population, right? Right, so we were really trying to define the current sexual behavioral norms and the STI prevalence rate among shipboard personnel, U.S. Navy and Marine Corps personnel across the deployment, deployment cycle. So we conducted a longitudinal study where we administered a survey uh, within a couple weeks of them deploying at the end of their deployment and then a few months after their deployment so that we could we could assess trends over time and changes in prevalence and changes in sexual risk behavior. The paper that is presented in this issue of the, of the Journal of Sexually Transmitted Infections is descriptive cross-sectional data specifically from the pre-deployment survey, so from the first time point. So the pre-deployment survey, so, so the next step would be the deployment and after deployment, is that the, the kind of life um, cycle of, of, of military, is that correct? Right. So the next step will be to assess, to do anal analysis within the, for the second and third time plane. Correct. So could you tell us how the data was collected a little bit more about, about the measurements and um, what sort of questions you asked? So we collected this data over a two-year period from uh, 2012 to 2014. And we collected this data from 11 ship platforms, and they range from destroyers to carriers to amphibious ready groups. 
And this was an anonymous self-report survey. So we went aboard these ships during these key time periods, and we administered the survey during those time periods. And we had to work very closely with the commanding officers of the ships and the medical departments to implement this. And and um, so who were your participants? What was your study population then? So we collected data from 2,453 U.S. Navy sailors and Marines. And about half of them were between the ages of 20 and 24 years old. About 20% were female. Most were U.S. Navy, about 80%, and 87% were enlisted. Um, about over 50% of them were on their first or second deployment. So would the sample be representative? So this sample is fairly representative of the U.S. Navy as a whole. Um, and we made extra efforts within this group. This was a convenience sample that we collected, but we we reached out to all the ship's departments and worked very closely with the medical team there to recruit and include participants from all the different ship's departments to make this as representative as possible. Thank you. So shall we discuss the results, the findings, the interesting bit? Um, what, what, what did you find? So one of our key findings was that Approximately 70% of service members reported that the last time they had sex, it was with either a spouse or a service member. And this is really important because what it means is that they were all military health beneficiaries. So it makes them more accessible to, um, to identification and treatment for STIs. Also, the other interesting finding was that men and women had very different sexual um, partner choices. So for example, Although over 80% of both men and women reported that their last sexual partner was a regular partner or a spouse, there were a larger proportion of women that reported that their last sexual encounter was with a spouse or regular partner compared to men. And, and contrary to this, there was a larger proportion of men who reported their last sexual partner was with a more casual partner than women. Also, when we asked them for more information about their last STI, if they had one, 50% of women reported they acquired their most recent STI from another service member compared to only 26% of men. So that's interesting. Could you, could you elaborate more about the STIs? Um, were there any difference by sex or any other factors? Yes, so um, approximately, so 2.4% overall in our study population reported that they had an STI in the past 12 months. And about 1.7% of men reported an STI compared to 5.1% of women. And, um, and this is, is not unusual. There are many studies um, conducted among populations where universal screening occurs, where the prevalence rates of STIs are higher among women than men. Some people assume that that's because um, you know, women typically get picked up for STI infections when they go to their well woman exams, and men don't because women and men both can have asymptomatic infections, but it's more common among women. But the data actually shows that, that women typically do have a higher prevalence than men, even when universal screening occurs. Did you also um, measure the condom use and any patterns with the condom use? We did look at condom use. Um, so we, we found that about 26% of our population reported they used a condom the last time they had sex. Um, this is a little tricky to look at because, you know, you really have to stratify this by whether or not they were in a monogamous sexual relationship or not. But we did find that 
um, among people that did report multiple partners, about the same proportion or a little bit less even reported condom use at last sex. So there is indication that within non-monogamous relationships, that the service members are not using condoms with both partners. Interesting. So could you tell us how your data can be used now? Um, what can we learn from your study? So these, these kind of data are really used to inform uh, policymakers and clinicians and also can be used to target our population for prevention activities. So anything that, the, any information that can be used to reduce STIs and service members and their beneficiaries. Also, we can use this data to really define and explore what needs to be done next. So what we found from this study was that we really need a more comprehensive follow-on study to assess the complex sexual network. Um, so not only the, the person that has acquired the STI and their sexual risk behaviors, but the impact of their sexual partners and their sexual partners' behavior on the transmission cycle. Mm. And um, about your findings, how does your data relate to any other studies? Um, is, is there anything new um, that we can learn in comparison to other studies? Sure. So I think, you know, the, the really unique thing about our, our study was that you know, we were able to collect data in this very hard-to-reach population during a deployment cycle, which is very unusual. So most of the military studies that um, report on sexual risk behavior, they collect their data from electronic databases or during non-deployment time periods. And the, the sexual risk surveys or the interviews tend to be less comprehensive in nature. So we, when we try to compare our data to some of the other um, the other data, it, it can be tricky because we are comparing a deploying population to a non-deploying population, for example, or some studies, they'll select to look only at those who are unmarried, whereas our population included both married and unmarried. So it can be a little bit tricky, but I, I think that this data is very unique and we asked um, very comprehensive sexual risk behavior questions and we did it across a deployment cycle, which is very difficult to do. So I think this is, is really contributing to the body of literature in a very important way. It is indeed. So what will be the next step now when the study is completed? So the next step is really for us to, you know, now that we have this data, is really to begin discussions with leadership and really look at this data and reflect on this data and think about what to do next in terms of how best can we reduce STIs within this population. So that will, will most likely include a follow-on study um, to look more closely at the sexual network and um, also different feasibility and, and ways to do interventions that will be effective in this population. And we've identified that because there are sex differences between men and women, we will likely have to target the interventions in a way that are sex-specific. And we also have some information now on, on different demographics and different sexual risk behaviors that put individuals at higher risk for acquiring an STI. So that can be used to target as well. So uh, Dr. Judy, your study has helped us to better understand the sexual health in the Navy. Um, and I would once again like to thank you for taking part in this podcast and encourage our listeners to review this paper in the journal of sexual and infections. 
Um, so thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And I would like to encourage um, our listeners to our next podcast um, that could be accessed from the STI website.